Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ tissue and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. And I'm Nyla Schwab. Coming up on the episode today. We'll be talking to an author who turned from listener of the podcast to our very own guest. Nice. And a little teaser. 100% versus 99%. Got me thinking, especially with your facial expressions. All that more right here on the Gifted Life. Hang on. Here on the Gifted Life Podcast, we are excited to introduce you to our newest friend. Hey, Pam. Hey, how are you? Good. Pam's name is fun to say, right? <laughs> we took a little class right before we started recording, but it's Pam Doritz Soffarelli. Is that like close? That's as close as anybody gets it. <laughs> I like that. Well, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Thanks for your time here. Um, here on The Gifted Life, we talk about the the gift of donation and all of those people who are helping to explain or help us learn more about it. And so today we're going to learn from you. Uh, tell us about your your tie to donation. Well, actually, my, my wife, um, this is the third OPO that she's worked at right now, but she, right, she currently works for um, Live on New York. One of our partners. She's in the on the family end. Love it. And so you know a little bit about donation, the families that we serve, and why it's so important. What's your your thoughts when it comes to organ tissue and eye donation? I could go on and on, but it's such a needed and not well enough communicated within communities. My hope is that everybody becomes aware and and comfortable with. Yeah. In Louisiana, we're trying to get people to have conversations about it and we're trying to learn as much about it. And we say education is the key. And so when we came across what what you were doing. And then we heard you came across what we were doing here on the podcast. So tell us how you how you found us. And then what key tool um, do you have that could help others? Actually, we came across your podcast while I was waiting on a ferry. I love that story. And apparently my wife listens to you all the time, but it's the first time I'd ever listened. So I was just, it was just such an interesting conversation. And I reached out to, now I'm sure I'm going to botch up this name, but Shillon? Yep. Shalon. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's on Shalon our team. Yeah. If you would have yeah. gotten her last yeah. name right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're even. Yep. Okay. Um, but she was extremely nice and we had, a, you know, some correspondences back and forth. I am such an advocate and my hope is that one day that it just become that the donation just becomes just a, a way of, of life and a comfortable conversation that people have. It's not something to be so scared of. That was my whole premise for writing my book. It's just a soft introduction to what donation is. And I just wanted to make it very like non-threatening, you know, a learning experience. I mean, kids have such open minds and they're curious and that's the journey that why it goes through. Yeah. So Wyatt's Wish, uh, you can buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, if there's other places that you would like us to visit, we'd like for you to also share that with us. But tell us about Wyatt's Wish and the premise behind the book. It starts out that Wyatt is a, a young boy about to celebrate his um, his birthday. And he is given a puppy for his birthday. And while his back is turned, the puppy decides to take his stuffed bear and, and play with it like a toy, like a dog mm. toy, like mm. the puppies do. Um, Wyatt enters the room to find his bear just 
ripped apart and was so devastated. And his mother comes in and trying to comfort him, comes up with the idea that maybe she can take some of his old stuffed animals that are kind of are in disrepair and take the pieces of them to put this bear back together again. Oh, great concept. So yeah. he does. He takes, he takes, there's three different, three different stuffed animals that she takes parts of. One of them is a heart that comes from one of the characters who Wyatt always felt like this warm, like loving connection with because he spent, while he had chicken pox, he spent his time with this one animal. Um, and he was like, but the, the stuffed animal was by his side all the time. So he wanted the heart from that toy. The, the other one was the, the lungs that came from a dolphin, stuffed dolphin that he has because he felt like the dolphins, you know, able to like hold his breath better than like anybody else. Nice. So the story mm-hmm. progresses and then he starts to ask his mom, he said, well, you know, can, can people get this too? You know, like, I mean, kids are so curious. Um, and his mom proceeds to, to just explain gently what organ donation is about. I feel like it's been accepted. You know, it's been received really, really well by the kids who have had it read to them so far. I love it. I love the concept. Yes, nice. I've got a three-year-old now. She just turned three a couple of weeks ago. And she's, we read, I read a lot of books to her. She always goes grab a, two or three books most nights and then, you know, gets me to, to, uh, to you know, to, to read to her. And I can't wait to buy this one because especially the books, there's not a lot of books, as you mentioned, you know, or you, or you said earlier, you know, there's people, it's such an important thing and people need to know more about it. And there's, you know, it's difficult to have the avenues in place to, to really tell the story. Right. Absolutely. And for you to do that, especially, you know, for kids so that they can, be curious. Break it down. And, it's visual. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's so gentle. Yeah. So what, what exactly, what are the age ranges that you would say the target? And then, so the, uh, the second question I have is how do you get from, Hey, I, I want to write, write a book to putting it in place. Like to me, there's so many more steps. Well, I, this is my second book. Okay. I've kind of had that like learning experience a, a little bit, um, a little bit more behind me, but I'm self-published. I've become acquainted with my, my illustrator who happens to live in Bangladesh. And wow. I have to say, this is, you know, this is my second book. And they're like, even with the language barrier and his, his English is, is decent, but even with the language barrier, we're like so much, no pun intended, but on the same page. So he's been a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous help to me. I'm an author on my own time. I'm also also a vision therapist. I've just navigated through the whole publishing process, which has been um, it's been really like an, an interesting kind of fun process. I want to know what a vision therapist. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit more? Like I'm, we got so many questions for you. Yeah. Like just tell us everything that I'm you next. do. I'm next on questions. A vision, <laughs> a vision therapist is kind of like a physical therapist, but for your eyes. Oh, oh wow. Okay. We work very closely though with physical therapists, with occupational therapists, with vestibular therapists, which is also like kind of like a. It's they are kind of affiliated with with um, physical therapists also, but they're more um, balance related. So. Um, your eyes are one third of your vestibular system. Nice. Uh, yeah, you you're amazing. 
What don't you do? Let's just start with that list. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, cook. <laughs> okay, now, I'm see, cook. I love you even more because neither <laughs> do I. And I'm from Cajun country, so I get it. Hey, um, I just listening to you, this is Nyla, and I was just, oh, I took away so much from your, your explaining your story, your experiences to writing this story. Um, when you talked about your, um, your artist, in Bangladesh, is that what you said? Yes. I, I think mm-hmm. that's so interesting that a different culture, a different country, could y'all could find the same meaning through pictures and a children's story. Yeah. Um, it's just we, we, we just connect. And, and, you know, interestingly, I mean, donation isn't really a big thing to there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not real public knowledge there. However... He has a friend of his whose uncle was also a, a kidney recipient wow. in Bangladesh. Wow. I think he went out of the country for it. Yeah, I think yeah, that's so, interesting um, just how that, that this story in the U.S. Is, is really worldwide that can connect and teach and share. And, and absolutely. I, I think that says a lot about when you said this is gentle approach that someone could understand it and y'all could non-threatening, not. Non-threatening, yeah. simple. That's why it was also important to me that why it why it's kind of like like every kid's kid. I want I want every child to be able to see a little bit of themselves in Wyatt. Um, and that that includes his ethnicity. I mean, I want I feel like he can kind of like fit any mold. And I just want I want all kids to be able to see themselves in him and feel that and just help them feel even that much more comfortable. Yeah. Because it's, it's just more relatable. He's relatable. Yeah, relatable is a great word. And something else I, I, I was intrigued by is that you said that people tend to be scared or maybe run away mm-hmm. from the discussion of donation, which I, I think that when we're unfamiliar with something, sometimes we avoid it if we're scared of it. And you, when you said the gentle approach, that stuck with me because that could be something that we're all around a Thanksgiving table or at a, um, I don't know, riding in a car with a family, like Joey reading books to his daughter, how it mm-hmm. donation doesn't have to be scary if we're having conversations around it. Um, I think it makes it scary when you're sitting in a situation where you have to make a decision that moment at the worst time of your life. So these children's books that people are having their own experiences are are learning from someone else or someone else's story and sharing that has such an impact worldwide, as you put it. Yeah. I just appreciate you taking, I don't know, it's got to be, I'm sure that, or I'm guessing, I don't know what I'm talking about, but your wife has come home probably affected or touched by stories of other people. Oh, every day, every day. And it's, 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 you know, I feel like the education is needed so much um, amongst adults. But that being said, there's no better way to start with, with children because then they just grow into it becoming just like a norm. One day they'll be our adults, right? So, right, you know, right. and they were just, I, I found that I mean, there's not a lot of books written, period, for kids with, you know, regarding donation. But majority of what I came across, um, and there were some really good ones, but majority that I came across were for, like, children who are currently going through, unfortunately, the, the, the process of, like, you know, needing an, needing an organ or um 
there wasn't anything that was just more like just to give general understanding for the child who maybe has a family member, maybe a neighbor or a friend or a grandfather of a, of a friend of theirs or some somebody that's going through it. it just kind of help them a little bit understand um, what the process is. Yeah, or planting that seed if they don't have any experience around donation and just letting that grow as a child so they're non-fearful as they grow into adulthood. Yeah. Saying it in such, as you mentioned earlier, a non-threatening, uh, such a gentle way, uh, something that could be scary. If this is the first time you're hearing or really thinking about donation is when you've just lost someone, clearly it's a very scary decision. The way you've been able to write this book and then tell it to children, but of course, a lot of times, again, it's adult reading, so we're learning too at the same time. I'm curious as to what your, you know, if you've gotten any feedback like that. I get that feedback a lot. Somebody asked before about the age range. And I'm going to say the age range is loosely four to eight, could be younger, could go older. But it's the adults that are reading it that, that like, it, it, it just brings up the conversation. And so the conversations then become different depending on the age of the child, you know, more age appropriate. But it's a great conversation starter. That's, you know, kind of the feedback that I've been getting from, from, from the adults, especially. And the children are just, you know, they get it, you know, um, again, they don't have the life experiences as an, that an adult has, but to them, everything, everything is new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, every experience and every learning experience is, is, is new. So they don't know so much to be like they don't get the scary part so much to them now it just becomes it's like wow we can do this you know Mm -hmm. we can save people what incredible thing i think you're exactly right i have an eight-year-old about to be nine and um her whole life i've i've worked at at lopa so um our volunteers become our, our family so have donor families who you know, we dine together, we go to events together, recipients, they come out. So when they hear somebody is not a registered donor or somebody says something maybe negative just because they're they're scared or something like that, my eight-year-old will be like, what? Why? And then starts having that conversation at eight, right? right so right. I think you're right. Having this concept presented to them and then showing them like they've talked to these people. They know that someone saved um, this person's life. So I think it's amazing. Um, I also think it's amazing that a portion of each sale of Wyatt's Wish goes where? It goes to Donate Life America, who has also been fantastic to I've had so many conversations with them. They've just, it's, a, it's an incredible organization. They do such great work and they've been incredibly welcoming to me. Do what they do, educate. And, you know, we always say here on the podcast, we're one big team. Like we need each other. We need to learn from each other, help each other out. And I think donate. I mean, that's all yeah. about donation. It's just about giving and helping. Yeah. So we know Wyatt's Wish is on Amazon. So we hope that you check that out. But if they want more information, they want to get in contact with you, uh, where would you send them? They can go to my website which is my difficult name. Well, and I was like, I'm not quite sure how to do this, but she's an expert at it, so I'm going to let her do that. Well, they can go to Amazon or they can go to uh, pamdwaritzsafarelli.com. Whoa, you might have to spell that. And I'll spell that that for you. Do you want me to spell it for you? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay, it's Pam, P-A-M-D-W-O-R-E-T-Z-S-O-S-A-R-E-L-L-I. 
Wyatt'sWish.com. I love it. Well, we love Wyatt's Wish. Thanks for letting us know about it. Man, we're so great you listened to the Gifted Life podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for inviting me on. I've really, I've really enjoyed speaking with you all. All right. Well, we, I just have a feeling there'll be another book. Yeah, so, keep writing. You know, come back anytime, Pam. We totally enjoy learning from you today. I enjoyed being here. Keep doing what you do. Time to take a moment for mental health. Yeah, I heard something about percentages and it piqued my interest. What you got? <laughs> but it's math. <laughs> I love it. I was going to say, I hate percentages. <laughs> That's what I love. But okay, so I, I just brought this up. Um, I was talking to this really wonderful woman who, who said, Nyla, what if instead of having an opinion at 100%, you have it at 99% and that leaves 1%. For a little, like, for a little grace to hear other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that would, that's really good. And it made me think about a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I don't know if you, but he talks about um, how if you could just be 1% better every day, by the end of the year, you'd be 37% better. Mm. And whatever it is, and I think 1% for me, I, I'm like, I can do 1%. If you make it bigger, I, I kind of shut down, but that's me. And I know everybody's different. So this is just piquing your curiosity and having you kind of think about, like, maybe the world could be a better place. Maybe we could be a better person if we just took a little percentage of a change or a little grace. Yeah. Well, interesting. You talk about 1% better and and not, I like the, uh, the grace piece resonates with me because, you know, people that know me in, in my CrossFit world, uh, they know me as my my saying is always 80%, 100% of the time. And I don't mean that I take off. You know, I don't, I don't like hold back or anything. But, but I know that if I over push myself, that I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, good for anything toward the back end of whatever exercise it is, or maybe toward next, next week because I might have a right, joint yeah. or muscle ache or whatever. Okay. But, but as long as I'm pushing forward at a really solid pace that, I, you know, I, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish as well as I can because at the end it ends up kind of getting closer to a hundred percent. Right. And I take that into my daily like routine as well. Like if you constantly push forward, if you don't just take like, you know, and I'm not one that takes a lot of uh, days off or weeks off or, you know, even hours off in a day. I don't even I know like what to that wake is up, to take days off. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, wake up in the morning and hit from even on the weekends, 530. And I stay in a groove yeah. through the day. That way, by, by the time my wife gets up and she's going at 100 percent, I've already gotten a lot knocked out <laughs> and I can start going to continue Sorry, at my 80 percent pace. It's funny. I mean, but. It, but it, no, it allows, I like that. This inspires me. It allows grace. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that, and I know it's long-winded, but I say that because it allows a little bit of grace because you've been pushing. So and are I, you saying that great, because we're in numbers, and my brain mm-hmm. shuts down with numbers, but you're saying from the 80 to the 100, that gives you like 20% of right. grace. And maybe maybe, that, like maybe that. it's 99%. You know, I, I get it. It's hard to gauge when, you, when you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're t- trying to quantify effort or energy or emotions, you know, but, but it's 
mo- like to me, it's it's the same thing. It's mo- like you go to you mostly good, but you still have a little bit of reservoir. I think that's the key in whatever you're doing. That way you don't push yourself over the edge. Mm-hmm. See, I love having these conversations because I hope this inspires someone out there that just says, huh, I'll think about that. Yeah. You know, and if, and if it does, if it helps someone in their day, then us just being open to listening what works for somebody else and taking that into consideration and figuring out how do we make it work for us? Because mm-hmm. there's just not one answer, one cure, one pill to make life better. Yeah. And in this crazy world, I think we need each other. I like that, Joey. Yeah. I like that a lot because I, I I feel like that gives you even more room for grace. And for me, the 1% works because I'm like, I just need a little bit, like maybe like your wife, like I'm running pretty slow. And so if I know I just got to take one step, I can take one step, but I might not be able to take, you know, 20 steps. I'm I'm listening to you guys in your math, but I'm um, putting it towards the kids and like (laughs) assignments or when my kid had to give a speech. And so he was very overwhelmed. And I said, we're just going to take it a piece at a time. So we're just yeah. today we're just going to focus on these first two sentences and we're going to practice that tonight, we're going to get those down and tomorrow we'll do more. And then by the time the speech comes, you know, but but I want him to take that past just this assignment like if you do a little bit every night right. and it's not overwhelming and you don't have to do 100% one night before a test or something like that. So yeah. anyway, um, thinking about it and learning um, from everybody, but yeah. And I think this is really helpful, especially like you said, you get up and you start going. And so you don't you don't get stuck, you know, but some people do. They get stuck. They get in a rut. And how do you get out of that? Sometimes I got to talk myself. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as long as I stay, whatever it is, again, it could be emotionally Mm -hmm. because we're all dealing with we all deal with from time to time a lot of emotional events that take place or whether it's intellectually or whether it's physically, whatever it is. 100% 100% is not sustainable. I know the whole mantra of like, oh, yeah, go give it 110%. Well, if you're given 110%, I worry well, about well, that. You're well, going to Well, before you, you weren't yeah. really given 100%, right? Right. You know, so the truth of the matter is you can't give. You really can't physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually you're give, gonna give out 100% somewhere. all the time because yeah. you're going to give can't, out. Yeah. But if you're... If you're if you're, if I'm putting it into, let's say, hours of a day, like each hour, I'm working really a solid putting good effort in for 50 minutes out of 60 and taking a little 10 minutes and i continue that throughout the day yeah just little chunks. And you've you done get a lot. so much more done than the person that is kind of just sitting back and then all of a sudden i've got to go 110 percent and and it ends up not being in nearly as whether it whether whether it's you know helping someone whether it's emotional support whether it's your, yourself emotionally any of those aspects like you're not really giving as much as that person who is just continually solid in there and what they were they were given and I say solid I mean an extra step above that but I hear consistency Mm -hmm. and like and it makes me think so you know we have this beautiful author on today and she's written children's books and so it makes me think back to the children's books of the hair the tortoise and the hare yeah Yeah. Yeah. exactly it it made me think of that so the hare sprints and the tortoise is like slow and steady but you know I mean like he wins the race so and I always say that slow and steady slow Slow and steady steady. stay the course yeah good conversation thanks guys you have a topic you'd like for us to cover email us info at thegiftedlife.org In our question and answer segment, this question comes in from one of the listeners. I have a mark on my license that shows I'm a donor, but how do I ensure my wish to be a donor is fulfilled? Oh, I 
like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. And my, my brain immediately goes to say it, speak it, tell everybody that you know, let them mm-hmm. know you made your decision. Um, we talk about these conversations um, with your next of kin who's going to be making those decisions for you. Um, but we never know when that time will come. So let people know. Let people know how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Like what y'all's take on it. Yeah. Well, you know, to that point, and uh, Nyla, you've been in, in these family conversations yeah, a number of times lot. as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, even the next of kin, it's very difficult for them to, to, to be thinking and being remembering everything. Like, it's, as y- your you brain's said before, not working. Your brain, I mean, brain's not working. Yeah. This happened in my, in my family with life, me. Yeah. I knew the call was coming. I knew what the questions were going to be. And it was my, my father who had passed away, and I just couldn't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. And so well, we had to call in my, my brother. Um, and thankfully, we speak, we talk, we know, we understand. Uh, we have that kind of relationship. But I know that's not the case for everybody. So yeah. um, got to let them know. I will it's, add, I think that um, here, like talking with families, Joe, you're right. I'd go in and have these conversations with families. And it is it is amazing the peace that families have when they know the decision of their loved one because mm-hmm. their loved one is not there with them. And even though they can talk about what their wishes might be or who they are and kind of know what they would mm-hmm. what they would want, it, it gives them peace. It gives them the peace to say, oh, I absolutely, we had this conversation. I know what they want. And I can, I, yeah. I just I have so many families that pop into my head yeah. thinking about how grateful they were to know that. And, and so a couple things. One, obviously, make sure, you know, like you mentioned, the legal next of kin would know and but also the rest of the members of your family, because the decision maker, on everyone, the yeah. decision maker who's the normal decision maker now may not be mm-hmm. there at that mm-hmm. time. Good or point. so. So make sure you know everyone's aware. And the, the other thing is, you know, legally, this is uh, this is a legally binding document. In other words, the registry, you know, you have a heart on your license. It's on the that means you're on the registry. That is a legally binding document. And uh, and your right to self determination supersedes the others' rights around that. So, uh, you know, those two aspects. I think it's it's always important, though. We don't want to have to go to a legal battle mm-hmm. about this about your rights, right? We would rather everyone know, have a good conversation with the family, and and then you know say, yes, we did talk about it. It is on his license. And but before it even becomes a topic, like we would talk about it yeah. um, when we get together for holidays or, or family gatherings and, like and what salt. do people know? Yeah, like that. that's what we wanted to do. And then um, while you guys were talking, I thought about this one little amazing um, donor mom. She lost her, her daughter and um, she said we had a 10 second conversation. She called me when she was going to renew her license and she goes, mom, what's an organ donor? And she goes, well, you can't keep it. You want to help others. And she goes, yes, I do. And and um, just a couple of weeks after that phone call, the daughter passed away and she goes, we talked about it. It was 10 seconds, but I am comfortable and confident in what There's her decision it. was. And yeah. she uh, was a giver. And um, so so anyway, yes, uh, I hope we get across. Talk to people. Yeah. Talk to those you love. Talk, talk to your talk, friends. Talk. Let them know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good question. Good conversation. Maybe you have a question you'd like for us to cover here on The Gifted Life. Just give us a call. 504-648-3477. In every episode of The Gift of Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero is Isaac Luquette. And we learn about Isaac from his family. We lost my son Isaac on September 19th, 2023. Isaac was killed by a driver who failed to yield. He was on his motorcycle. His father and I were surprised when we received the call that he was an organ donor. 
My son, who was a shining light and an inspiration to many people already, then became a hero to us all. His love for all in life didn't end with his death. I'm in so much pain at the moment. My only consolation is that my baby boy wanted to save lives even after his death. Isaac James Luquette, your legacy will always be an inspiration to so many. My love, baby boy, mama's hero. We pause and say thank you to Isaac for the gift of life. That is going to do it for episode 228. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, you can register as an organ tissue and eye donor anytime. Registerme.org. And also thanks to Pam. Yeah, I knew Safarelli. Oh, very good. <laughs> She'll be so proud. <laughs> for coming on, sharing her book with us, Wyatt's Wish. And of course, you know, sharing Wyatt's Wish with the world. So that mm-hmm. not only people here in the United States, but people in Bangladesh and everywhere else can learn, as she put in a gentle way, about organ donation. And, and you know, it's so important, obviously, those those conversations take off from the, from yeah. reading the books. You know, it's not just the children. Of course, the children, children will be adults eventually, but it's those adults having those conversations that spawn other conversations and that's really what it's about and i love love that she just has this idea and does it does it yeah follows through Mm -hmm. helps others thanks pam the best place to find us guys is at our website thegiftedlife.org listen there and find links to listen on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, pandora or wherever you listen to podcasts and if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating. It really helps others find us. And on social media, you can always like our page on Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. Our ask is that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen for one big team. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreaux, and Nala Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. 